<laughs> Snake bag. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And I was trying to load videogameshotdog.com to see what episode of Video Games Hot Dog it I think is. It's 251. It's 251. Yay! Welcome to episode number 251 of Video Games Hot Dog, brought to you like all episodes of Video Games Hot Dog since a few months ago by our generous Patreon backers, Fair such on. as Dale. Fahrenheit 251. And Babe. <laughs> and Pendleberg. Guys, quick, I need the names of some Patreon backers. Uh, Studebaker. Um, yeah. Mr. Lieutenant and, Time Bonkers. Oh, I bet Mr. Lieutenant Time Bonkers is a backer on Patreon. I don't actually Lord know Huff if he is Puff. or not. For a long time, uh, we read the names of all uh, Word Realms Kickstarter backers oh, on the KOL podcast. No, it was it was on Video Games Hot Dog. Oh, was it, it on Video Games Hot Dog? I think so. Oh. I think it was a horrible, horrible period of time when we... <laughs> Read it on this this podcast. Like, we've been doing this for a long time. That's how, true. How the, many how many episodes did it take for you guys to go through the whole list? Like fifty. Yeah, there were how many were there? There were several Hundreds. hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we didn't do long segments of them. But boy, oh boy, we Mr. Like, Lieutenant Time Bonkers. Yeah, that kept coming. What back a name! Up. That's a good name. No, well, Riff just kept reading it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we had him in a hat because um, we wanted to randomize the order. <laughs> um, it was a nice hat. It was a nice hat. It was like a real top hat. I don't know where that even came from. I think it was a hat that we got for uh, Thomas Jefferson. Okay. Thomas Jefferson is Asymmetric's mascot. Oh. It's a kickball that we put hats on. Oh. It's a kickball that is, uh, is painted to look like a single enormous eye. That still doesn't answer where it came from. The store. The store. Oh, okay. <laughs> the hat store. Guys. Yeah? How have you been? Good. I saw, good. I saw uh, uh, Star Trek and Beyond. Mm. It's like Bed Bath. Okay. Mm. Star is like bed. Yep. And Bath is like Trek. Yep. Okay. It was fine. Was it just called Star Trek and Beyond? No, it's just Star Trek Beyond. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I don't exactly understand because they didn't really, there was no, there was nothing beyond which they went. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean. Nope. <laughs> like in a. <laughs> In a, did anybody nope. ever leave a building? No. Nope. I mean, because if so, they went beyond so the threshold. Just, it. it was in a single room. It was like, uh, it was like, they uh, just Hitchcock's stuck to the bed room. in the bath. Yes. Kirk was in a bed. Yep. With a green lady. Yep. Chekhov was in a bath. With right, a gun. Candlestick. And <laughs> 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 with a gun. Yeah, classic. Which clue weapon should I use in a joke about Chekhov? Mm-hmm. Riff, I'm going to go ahead and say the candlestick. Mm. You could make that choice. It would be the wrong one. How was it, Kevin? I was fine. Like, I enjoyed it. Uh, you could wait until it came out on video and you probably wouldn't be disappointed. It's fine. It's the plot made way more sense than the first movie in the reboot by a million. Wasn't the plot of the first one was that Vulcan had been destroyed by some sort of red wax? Okay, and no, they they destroy it in the movie. So these Romulans get really pissed at Spock because he didn't save Romulus from when their son went supernova. So they went back in time to fight him, and I and I. 
was like, wait a second. Why don't you go save your fucking planet <laughs> or the people on it, you fucking morons? But uh, Did you say that out loud and then get I, thrown out of the theater? I didn't. I didn't see it in the theater originally, which is probably for the best because I would have just been angry the whole time. I mean, Kevin, I don't want to sit here and talk to you about time travel. You're going to start talking about all these things that don't make sense about time travel and we'll be here all night. That's true. That's, that's a scene from your favorite movie, <laughs> Brick. Yep. Uh, <sighs> God. I watched the entirety of uh, the first season of Stranger. I and everyone else on the internet watched I, the first season I'm of Stranger Things. I have not seen it yet. Mm. Yeah, it's, I don't know it's, what that is. I think that you will like it a lot. It is a Netflix original series that is basically 80s movie, the 90s miniseries. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the 2010s <laughs> miniseries. I like, 80s movie, I like the 80s movie, you, the 90s miniseries. If, if just Spielberg, John Carpenter, and Stephen King made movies in the 80s. Well, with... But they also had access to the internet. Okay. All right. To look stuff up? Yeah. I've seen... <laughs> so, to be fair, I've only seen two episodes of this. Mm. So, maybe they got to other authors later. What is it called again? Stranger Things. Str- okay. Stranger Things. It's yeah. on Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's good. I mean, it's very... There are so many just straight up, like, plot points from Stephen King books and oh, wow. John Carpenter movies. Is it a single narrative thread, or is it uh, sort of a, a weekly weird... It's a single narrative thread. Thing. It's okay. it's just, a, like, a 10-hour movie. Okay. I, I liked it. It's, it's Buffy-ish. Okay. They're fighting some bad guys yeah there's like a central group there's a yeah there's a government conspiracy okay there's and some eight-year-olds it's like the good season of buffy where they're fighting that where everybody's zombie robot adam i, I know his name is adam okay you know what was bad about buffy uh, all the villains all of the principal antagonists in buffy were bad i liked the what, what was her name in glory? season five gloria no, yeah. i did not like glory i did not like adam you Who else like was there? The spoiler. mayor was fine. Scooter? Spoiler is what I said. Oh. Oh, when... Yeah. There was Captain Malcolm Reynolds. I liked that. Oh, you know, I liked him. I liked... I like a crazy preacher. But wasn't he... He was sort of a late... He, he came on when Firefly was canceled yeah. because Joss felt bad. <laughs> so, like, he was written in, like, last Mid, minute. He so was he also mid-season, right? Like, yeah. didn't he... He came in... There was, was somebody through. else. Was, like, the master comes back as the villain for the last season again or the next to last season? Uh, there's a recurrence at some point, but I don't remember when it was. A recurrence at Owl Creek Bridge? Yes. That's when you, somebody dies twice. Shh. Yeah, they get brought back and then killed again. <laughs> okay, so they <laughs> inspired by video games. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like inspired how, uh, by the video game occurrence at All Creek Bridge. Mercy, right. like how Mercy will come in and use her staff to resurrect you and then kill you again. <laughs> uh, I don't remember doing anything else. I watched uh, a speedrunner play the uh, your funny valentine on the piano for about eight hours and every time he tried to play it the computer told him he wasn't good enough right this is that thing you linked to on your twitter where the guy's trying to beat every nes game yes and now he got to the miracle piano teaching system whoa he's all the way up to m uh he's not doing an alphabetical order but oh, he is okay. like 75 percent of the way through the catalog Wait, huh. so he's using a piano to play every game? uh no He's playing NES games. Yeah. And there's also a 
game in quotes for the NES where you play the piano. Okay. And it's to teach you, it, it, this game is attempting to teach you the piano. Okay. And I mean, it is, right? I mean, he seems like he can play the piano better than somebody who doesn't play the piano at all. That's true. Right? So. Yeah. We've also got 50 hours of Twitch TV video of a guy learning to play the piano. That's true. Wait, from I, a machine. I'm, I, I'm confused. So I'm sorry. So, uh, so his I, controller I, is a piano? The, the, the controller for this game is a piano. This is an NES game that you hooked the up. the one game. The one yeah. game that you hooked up a MIDI piano to, and it would teach you how to play the piano. Okay, and he's using that controller to play every game. No. <laughs> he's playing every NES game. He got to one that uses the piano as a controller uh, and is playing it. Okay, I, th- this is way less this an is, interesting story. This is like I thought if, he was using a piano to play every to, Nintendo game. If and I was when like, he wow, got to track incredible. and field, he used the power mat to play. If, okay. if when Duck Hunt came into the rotation, he used the light gun. Okay. That is the equivalent of what's happening Well, okay, then this, this is a non-story, really. Uh, this just sto- using the appropriate controller to play this the, appropriate the story. Games. Well, there, there's two stories. One is that this guy is, well, his name is the Mexican runner. He lives in Poland. Um, <laughs> of course. I think he is actually no, Mexican. He, he runs Mexicans. He's like like the <laughs> showrunner for Game of Thrones. Like Okay, or yeah, the, the TV show Americans. So in Poland, they have a, a show called <laughs> and Mexicans. Like if you, you can go on Twitch right. and see him play newer, like, the more recent stuff he's been playing, you can go on YouTube and find the archives of this entire project. Okay. And I, I'm actually really excited by this because this is almost like, for me, this is almost like discovering Wikipedia in that, like, it is a way to, without putting, like, a bunch of effort in myself, uh-huh. like, I can scrub through all the entire NES catalog and just experience it all, just, like, see all the games that I wondered about okay. that I saw in magazines just be, being able to see all this stuff. What is what is the size or scope, I guess, of the NES catalog? Uh, they they counted as seven hundred and fourteen games. Here's something that surprises me about this project. It surprises me that there are not any NES games that shipped with bugs that made them impossible to finish. Mm. Yeah. That's why does that well, surprise the, you? They've got that kind of Nintendo seal of quality. Yeah, Nintendo yeah, was very. So is he only playing games that were not bootleg? Like, is he not playing that, the Tengen that, Tetris? Is he not playing any of the Color Dreams games? I, I or believe whatever? that's correct. Yeah. It's, okay. So I feel like he's missing a lot of. He's going to miss a lot of core Nintendo experience by core. Really? The the, the I would say that like even the Tengen even Tengen Tetris was. Core. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of Gauntlet. I just didn't know that there was a, it's a the, game for the NES. It is the game that I always leave running, if not Wizards and Warriors, it's the game that I always leave running in the Nintendo Lounge because I like the title screen music. Okay. I'm going to edit it in here. Beep boop. You know what else has really good title screen music? Wizards and Warriors.
Double beep, double boop. Double beep, double boop. <laughs> the other uh, story is that he's now doing this. Cra- he's basically learning to play the piano as part of this project. And, but not by using it as a controller for every game. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. No, but like he's. I, I'm actually really worried for this guy because he plays like 12 hours a day. 12 hours of video games or 12 hours of piano? Uh, of this project, about 12 hours a day. Well, why is he worried getting for him? money? I don't know. I know that he um, he is living with his mom who has some sort of undisclosed illness and needs care. So it's not 12 hours in a row. He's like going off and taking care of her. And so like he's he's um getting by as like uh, the caretaker for this person who is sick um but i know that he is at least getting some money from the streaming right. i still have a hard time believing that every nes game is actually completable by a person with a real NES controller. I mean, is he? He's playing them in emulation. Is he cheating at all? Is he using save states? No, no. In fact, for like the first half of it, he was refusing to even look at spoilers. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, pretty hardcore. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's it's it feels like out of that many games with that uneven equality and how difficult it would be to do QA for like incredibly punishingly difficult NES games in the time it really surprises me that so i i would have a i would have agreed with you before watching this guy play games like he is just very good at them in general mm. like all you really need is a few people like that and you can at least make sure the game is finishable okay I mean, I guess I don't know anyone who ever got past that stupid <coughs> hoverbike level in Battletoads, but people obviously did. It yeah, was yeah. possible <laughs> he to did do it. so. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard of a like a, an official marked Nintendo game that wasn't completable. Unbeatable NES games, literally unbeatable games. This person says they could have sworn that Wrath of the Black Mana was unbeatable, but that's not true. <laughs> Baby Boomer for the NES. Hmm. Baby Boomer NES. They were also like game- it was created by Color Dreams, so oh, it yeah. probably was not. Yeah, okay. So there's maybe also the Nintendo like, seal of approval is really a good filter here. Yeah, there's also situations like Pac-Man where like he just had to pick uh, a, a arbitrary like I finished point. it when when you stop seeing new fruit or something like that. So like he was having somebody bring fruit in. Yeah, like the, the, in order of fruit quality. He's using the fruit as controllers. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> He he hits the piano with the fruit. <laughs> he plugs in. He it, plugs in his controllers to like potatoes. Are you suggesting that pa- the fruits in Pac-Man are ordered by quality? I, I think I. This is my head canon that in Japan there is just this. Canonical. Everybody knows. Yeah, uh, canonical hierarchy of fruits. That that yeah. Pretzel. Um, yeah, yes. pretzel, pretzel, and then Thunderbird. These are these are obviously the best fruits. <laughs> so. Dude, like melon the, is at the top. Everybody loves loves the melon. And are cherries like a garbage fruit in Japan? Because there's just they, cherry trees I mean, everywhere. Are they cherries must like be. just food that you pick up off the ground? Like, what's the equivalent of that in uh, in America? Any fruit? Shitty like, apples. Shapples. <laughs> Shapples. The shitty the shitty apple is a good uh, city nickname. Oh, right. yeah. 
whenever I see fruit on the ground, like just on the sidewalk, someone has a fruit tree and there's fruit on the sidewalk. I feel like someone needs to go to jail. Like, they're or for just, like wasting food. For they're, no, they're destroying the economy. Like there are people whose jobs rely <laughs> on distributing or preparing food, and these guys just like they're they're destroying jobs. I need to call the police. Well, there's like ornamental fruit trees. Yeah, a lot. If you okay, just so let like wax orange, fruit. If you just plant <laughs> an, if you just plant an orange, uh-huh. it, the tree that grows from a random seed and a random orange is gonna be trash. Oh, like really? the oranges from it are gonna be awful. Um, like every navel orange is grafted from the same tree because they they'll like sometimes somebody will grow a million orange trees and try an orange off of every one of them to see if it's any good and if it is they're rich because they've invented a new kind of orange. Is it the, do they use cuttings? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like every red delicious apple is from. Yeah, apples are the same way. They don't. All, they don't. They're all literally the same organism. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't. Mind. They don't breed true. Like the offspring of a red delicious apple seed does not share characteristics with a red delicious apple. That's interesting. So you can't breed them on purpose. There's a really, uh, really good. If you're interested in this at all, you should read Michael Pollan's uh, book, The Botany of Desire. Yeah, it's good. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's super interesting to me that fruit, fruit has built-in DRM. <laughs> if So I remember a guy knocking on the door of the office in Arizona and saying, hey, can I have some oranges from your tree? And uh, I yeah, said, that happened a lot. They're no good. And he was like, well, can I have some? I'm like, yeah, if you want, but they're they're terrible. Like, they're not oranges for eating. They're, they taste terrible. Are they juicing they're oranges? Like, you don't have to be a dick about it, man. If you don't want me to have them, just tell me. Like, you seriously, you can have all of them you want. They're just really bad, I'm telling you. Like, because people don't understand. Yeah. I And, like, I don't... I guess he just thought I was lying to try to discourage him from they taking oranges. They also looked really weird. Like, most yeah. of them were weird and misshapen and lumpy. Like... That would been that would have been my first clue. There was something wrong with this tree. So there were some it, there were it, some uh, Latina ladies lived down the street and didn't speak very good English that came came back several times. Like whenever it was orange tree season, they they'd be back knocking again, despite having had the oranges before off of that tree. So I guess they found some use for them. Like you could maybe juice them, and maybe it wouldn't. Yeah, the worst thing in the maybe. world. I wonder if they were maybe. like using the peels for marmalade or something. Oh yeah. So if your fruit tree is no good, then that's actually just a huge liability because you have to clean up all the rotten fruit mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Well, theoretically, you do. <laughs> it doesn't really. F- <laughs> often in Arizona, the fruit just won't fall. It will just dry up, still connected to the tree, because it never gets enough rain for the fruits to really get like plump. So what's the orange equivalent of a raisin? Uh, just a shitty, rotten, yeah, and then like... desiccated brown ping pong ball kind of. It's, <laughs> yeah. I can see why that's not good. Oh, I'm sorry, a kumquat. Right. <laughs> if you eat a kumquat, that's what it is. Oh. I love those. Yeah. Yeah, those are delicious. And Do you hilarious. Sure, yeah. Do any fruits yeah, that have peels have raisin equivalents? Plums. I, I think we need to find out. But you don't peel a plum to eat a plum. Okay. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I don't can you peel a plum? I mean, Plums become I mean, prunes. Prunes, dates. You don't peel grapes? No. <laughs> Even to make spooky eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was thinking along the lines of like, you know, Russian or Roman emperors. 
to yeah, you were come stick creators. your hand into this bowl of Roman, Roman emperors. emperors. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you mean like peeling your grapes as like a decadence yeah, thing? Yeah, the or peel like is be, the good part. Being fanned with palm fronds. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. do this because it's a pain. Do this just because it's a pain in the ass. Job creators. Mm-hmm. Melissa doesn't like raisins, uh, and she eats the cereal that I buy, which has raisins in it. <gasps> and so she picks out the raisins. Does she put them back in the box? Is it just a box of raisins <sighs> at the end? It, it, she doesn't. She throws them out, and ah. it makes me sad. She should at least put them in a little jar for you or something, so you can Man, put you, them on yeah. your cereal and have. What more. you should do is you should collect all of the raisins from like ten boxes of great grain, and then put them all into the la- into the eleventh box of great grain, <laughs> just, and just wait for her. And just to have like, one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and then yeah. say, hey, Melissa, I got you this special box of great grains that's <laughs> personalized just I could for probably, you. It would probably just be a lot easier to just buy a bunch of raisins and fill a bag with raisins instead of collecting them all. You could really just. Yeah, but they wouldn't with be raisins while she sleeps. That seems like a cheaper way to do it. The, if you just bought raisins, they wouldn't have the camouflage of having been in. That's true. Because yeah, they, they they're like sugar coated. Yeah. Yeah. I I once bought her the variety of my cereal that didn't have raisins or dates, and then also bought her chopped dates, so she could just make she could make the cereal that she was. Like, she said, "Kevin, this isn't what I meant when I said I want more dates." Right. Uh. I, I've never gone to Dateland to have a a, a date, date shake. shake. It's fine. <laughs> um, like so I don't like Star Trek. I don't regret <laughs> having done it, but there's a town. Did in you between. go on a date there? No, well, I was then, by, I was by I myself. In a, I mean, I guess I was on a date with myself. Uh, this is, you know, <laughs> did you get lucky? Say. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. You always do. Uh, it's a town between. Phoenix, Phoenix and San Diego, San Diego. Yeah, on like Highway 8. A third or halfway uh, there. Or Interstate 8. And it there's just apparently a big date farm there, and there's like there's a place to go to get date shakes, which is just, I think it is in a Blimpies or something Queen or something? like that. It's, it's just a normal franchised store, but they sell date milkshakes made with local dates. And people are like, oh, got to stop and get a date shake. Got to stop and get a date shake. It was nothing special. I mean, no. I mean, I, I guess it's the only time I've ever had a date milkshake. Okay. And dates are fine and milkshakes are fine. Do you I have don't. to make date ice cream as an intermediary step there? I don't know. I think maybe they just grind up dates and it's kind of like a blizzard. What were what were dates before they were dates? Uh, BC. <laughs> <laughs> No, are dates are dates not like a dried var- variant of something else? No, I think no. I think they, what you're buying is dried dates. Wh- what? Th- wait, so they, the name doesn't change? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't think I've ever had a not dried date. I always get dates and figs mixed up. Oh, maybe dates are dried figs. F- figs are the ones that they have wasps that have inside. Dead, dead wasps <laughs> inside them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think only one out of a thousand of them has a wasp in it. The, you know, when you see, All right, like, so there's three, there's three yeah. doors, and behind each one of them, there's a fig, and one of them has a wasp in it. You pick a door, and then Monty Hall reveals a door that has a date without a wasp in it. Should you? Mm. No, you shouldn't. No, in you shouldn't. You should yeah, not you should change. not defect uh, <laughs> in this case. If you, if you find an apple that has a hole in it, it's because the worms were born inside the apple and burrowed their way out, which means apples with no holes might still have worms. 
Gross. And apples with holes have worm poops. And apple, even apples that don't have worms probably still have worm eggs. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. It's just as well I don't like apples. And also, most of... most of, Also, uh, all food you eat is the same way. Most of your <laughs> calories come from your own skin that you accidentally swallow while you're asleep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are full of facts tonight, guys. <laughs> full of something. Uh, has anybody played any video games? Mm, just Pokemon Go, pretty much. Ugh, I've fuck been riff. Sorry, it's fuck. awesome. I've it's, been no, uh, it's objectively yeah. not. Nope, you're wrong. You I just I hatched an Electabuzz. Okay, They're, you guys, uh, people are starting to just mount their phones on drones and fly them around and play that way. I think that's probably what you should do from now on. That doesn't. I, do they, how did have they have a camera pointed at their phone? How do they do the Hooked up to another phone? They, you have an app to screen share your phone on your computer, so you can just fly, your, fly the drone to a Pokestop or whatever, and then you sit there and have a computer simulation of it so you don't have to do anything. And then you call well, the police to tell them that your phone was stolen, and the then they compu- laugh at you. The drone doesn't have a finger that can catch a Pokemon, though. No, the, you're... The, you're, you're Phone is screen shared with your computer, so you can you can manipulate it just like you would. Oh, huh, weird. Yeah, that doesn't seem as much fun. I don't. I mean, it's probably fun to build the setup in yeah, the first place. And I yeah, and know that Pokemon okay, Go was actually that. any fun. I'm enjoying getting good at throwing <laughs> curveballs. Mm. I have like 72 dudes in my Pokedex. Okay, that's almost half. Yep, I'm almost I'm nearly the, at I'm nearly at two thirds. That's wow, shit. Do you eventually Nerd. have to start going to the moon and stuff? To <laughs> yeah, yeah have, have people found any of the like super rare ones that nobody else in the world has or anything? Not There's yet. Like three, there were like three that like just hadn't shown up in anybody's Pokedexes or whatever. Yeah, there's like. Um, uh, I don't remember which one it is. I know like the three legendary birds are not in the game yet, and I think I have heard that Mewtwo is not in, not discoverable yet. I saw I d- people I complaining about Farfetch not being anywhere. Yeah, that's that sounds right. <laughs> Does Farfetch evolve into Fartfelch? <laughs> wow. Well, that's pretty this is Farfetch, kid, Zach. That may be why it does not, in fact, evolve, because that's what it would yeah, become. It, it would have right. to be, yeah. Did you hear that they are... Target is going to publish an adult version of Code Names? Yeah. You told me that, and then I found out independently <laughs> later that it was Target's idea. That oh, Target that I did not know. Purchased the ability, like, they purchased the rights to make a variant of code names to sell themselves what? and then that's what they decided to do with it was adult they're, they're not like, like it's not like adult you know, in what sense there were the words that they gave were words that have adult connotations in a certain sense but it's not like you know hand job or whatever it is cleavage and commando and uh, wax and just like things Things that if you're looking at to them, make them, that actually is kind of interesting because yeah, I actually will buy this game. Yeah, because seeing the examples that they gave made me think, oh, that would actually be fun. Like that is clever. Like, it's not. Ju- it's not just lewd. It's like ah, it's suggestive. Like we have to 
I don't know. It seems like a it seems like a fun twist on the party game. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I never understood until like two weeks ago that the the way that the theme of that game works is that the individual words are people. Mm-hmm. They're like ID cards, and it's like this is Agent Apple. Uh, Apple. Right. <laughs> I couldn't really? think of a word. <laughs> My task was think of a word, and I could not think of one. <laughs> that wasn't Jeff. Right. <laughs> that was the only, just not a proper name, just a word. Any, Jeff. Anything other than a proper uh, name. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, you're like, ah, hey, I know Agent J- Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Orange. Don't use my real name. Don't use my <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Apple. Hmm. Uh, we've been playing some Pandemic Legacy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we've done nice. a few more games of that. How uh, how far? August, August, August. Okay. August. Yeah. So things are things are. Yeah. There's like a whole new mechanic, which is neat. Yeah. I yeah. like it a lot, but I'm really ready for it to be over. I'm really. I'm, I, I want to see the rest, but yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. Like I would rather be playing a new Legacy game at mm. this point. <laughs> There's the it's so stressful. It's it just it's stressful. just so harrowing mm-hmm. to play. Oh, it's so good though. You played it by yourself, which yeah. I think probably eliminates a lot of the pressure that I feel. That's fair. When sure. I'm playing, I can see that. Did you play as if you were two people? Riff? I played as if I was three people, and I used okay. I used the fourth marker to keep track of which person I was on. It also kind of freed me up a little bit to, like, spend some time between turns thinking about what the story of this month was and what these what these characters were kind of thinking. So that was kind of interesting. You should have blogged it. I Well, it would have been so entirely spoilerific, yeah. Like, uh, I, yeah, that's a good point. I, I can't we can't even really, really talk about any specifics. Yeah, I, I can't even tell you about any of the coolest stories that came out of that because I don't because I don't think you've seen the stuff related to it yet so when you said you were up to August is there like one game a month is that the idea there's there's there a are 12 mechanic. missions yeah. and if you win or lose twice you move on to the next one hmm. so a, a, each one is a campaign is up yeah. to 24 if you're really really bad at it it's 24 well, I, I i think the optimal way to play honestly would be to lose, lose the first, one the first game of every month yeah because in, you, in a very controlled way not screwing up your not board. screwing up the board yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so cities get sort of damaged over time but every time you play a game whether you win or lose you get some sort of permanent upgrades mm-hmm. to your own abilities and so but on the other hand if you're if you're failing every time if you're intentionally failing the first try every time all the cities in that round that like by playing more rounds cities get more and more damaged yeah and that's that, what he was saying exactly. to do it in a controlled way yeah you uh, would you would you would just be playing I'm to not, like control um, and eradicate and not trying to actually deal with the I'm other, not I'm not sure to what degree you could you could control that easily like i think you'd still end up with a lot of that slipping through just because of the random nature of it maybe if you like cured all of the diseases and then didn't do any other objectives and just waited for the deck to run out Hmm. right if you got it into a state where cities weren't getting damaged sure yeah i mean if you if you could do that without 
getting ruining your cities ruining your damaged map. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's fun, and everyone should buy it and play it. I already pre-ordered Seafall, Rob Davio's next. Oh, is that available game. for pre-order? Cool. Yeah, I heard a rumor about it that I don't know if it's true or not, but I wish that it were true. If it isn't true, that the board for that game starts out blank. Yeah, I think I think, I think it I is heard just an empty ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that's my understanding as well. There's a, you add like islands and stuff as yeah. you play. There's a fantasy one on Kickstarter, or was on Kickstarter that I backed that I can't think of the name of that sounded really good as well, because that one is, your what you're building is more of a world than going through a single campaign, so you can play the same box with multiple groups, and just different groups go different places and have different adventures. Neat. I mean, Risk, Risk was implied that you're supposed to play it with different people you're not supposed to yeah. risk legacy and pandemic legacy vert like the second event or whatever is supposed to be coming out later this year i don't even know Do you play that with the, the same is. board or no, is it just like a new it's, a it's new just box. a new game that's yeah. another version of pandemic because right. everyone has to leave earth because it gets ruined in the yeah. first time <laughs> mm. presumably like a different plot Oh man, what if you're like, yeah, what if it's like, oh man, a disease made the whole planet uninhabitable except for these underwater colonies, and now it's underwater colonies and everybody is just playing checkers. Because <laughs> there's no disease left, and so it's Checkers just, legacy. Uh, it's, it's like, it, it's, it's a board game about territory control where all battles are just, you play a game of checkers and whoever wins, it's, and, but... But some of the people get, like, mind control powers, so, like, you get to make one of your opponent's moves for them or something. And, like, it's just, uh, if, you, if a piece gets kinged, it stays kinged forever, even if you start a new game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just wherever it happens to land on the board, that piece is a king. In yeah. Rocket Robot on Wheels, you had to... You were a robot with, a like, a... With, like, a grapple grappling beam... Grapple beam, rather... And at one point you had to fight this robotic chicken that would play you in tic-tac-toe. <laughs> and it had perfect play. So what you had to do was you had to hit it with a rock while it was making its move so it would get confused. I think that would be really effective playing with board games with people, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, just like, hey, do you want a beer? That's a way of fucking somebody up that's yeah, trying to play yeah. a board game against you. I couldn't offer the chicken a beer. I mean, this game was rated E for everyone, so oh, that might be why. No uh, alcohol or tobacco. Right. <laughs> Plenty of firearms. What was Rocket Robot on Wheels? It was a platformer for the Nintendo 64. Mm. It was uh, the game Sucker Punch made before they went on to make Infamous. I see. It was interesting in that it had uh, one of the first um, rigid body physics systems I'd seen. Apparently, it was that that sort of physics was independently invented by one of the people at that company. I wonder if that was probably before Victor worked there. I have no idea. Yeah, it was like '99 or something. Probably, yeah. When did Infamous One come out? When did what? Infamous, Infamous One come out. I'm going to guess 2007. 2007? Yeah. That sounds, that sounds close to right. I played... Uh, I finished Bloodborne. Oh, nice. Who's the boss? The... the, the f- there, so there, there are several there possible bosses. There are boss three bosses. possible final yeah. bosses. Not counting to- the deals. Tony the Destroyer. Samantha. <laughs> the Ruiner. <laughs> and... 
Danza, Danza the Danzarian. Mona. <laughs> it was, so, okay. It's okay. Mergo's wet nurse. Wait, what? That's the actual, like, oh, gross. The first of the possible final bosses. Okay. Um, this okay, is actually something I. What? I'm assuming that Mergo is some sort of monster. Yes. Yeah, okay. like a so monster the, baby. An old one baby. Okay. And, so and the wet is, nurse is presumably something with a lot of ovipositors. Uh, I didn't it's just actually sort of see a, any. I mean, there yeah. was cloth covering a lot yeah, of it. Yeah, it's so. like a shrouded cloaked thing. Yeah. I interpreted this monster as taking care of the baby. Um, not a literal wet nurse. Maybe not. Probably not. But the baby was not a human baby. Sure. Um, this is no, I'm assuming the baby only eats eggs. Right. <laughs> and so that's why the wet nurse had a bunch of ovipositors. This is something I wanted to talk about, uh, read Dark Souls as well, was just... I, uh, we had a, an exchange when I was talking about doing a replay where I was talking about how the nouns in that game were really good, but they only get good towards the end of the game. At the beginning of the game, the nouns are like Undead Berg and Taurus Demon. Is an Undead Berg like that boss in Castlevania that's just a bunch of undead in a huge mass floating in the ocean? You're, you're thinking of Burger Time. Undead Burger Time? Yeah. Um, undead Burger Time uh, Crisis. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, like, at the end of the game, you're, you're, you're in the kiln of the first flame fighting Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. And... I feel like it was probably deliberate to reward you um, by giving you cool places to go and cool things to fight, mm -hmm. not just in like how cool they were to look at and to, to fight, but how cool the names were. Yeah, because you want to build it up over time, right? Instead of right, and but the, but the uh, the outcome is, of course, that ninety percent of the people who play the game see the undead Berg and never get further and <laughs> think it's. Ter has terrible writing but yeah bloodborne um i the second half of the game is pretty different from the first yeah um once, once they like, reveal what's actually going on yeah yeah and i like it a lot more thematically but a lot less in terms of gameplay what you're actually doing moment to moment hmm. that and that changes like that you're you've still got the same interface you're still like running around fighting monsters but there, uh, the kinds of abilities the enemies have is pretty different, and the way it way it ends up being balanced is pretty different. Is this a matter of geography, or does the world fundamentally change? Um, well, it's mostly a, a monster abilities. It's mostly like the what the enemies do and how you react to them. Because Dark Souls typically is just one big world that you can walk around in pretty seamlessly, right? Yeah. Is that the same in Bloodborne? It, it's the same, although it's less interconnected than Dark Souls so was. So do the monsters just change everywhere once this turn happens? or uh, There's a tiny bit of that, but it's more like the, 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 the late game areas have a different, okay. different selection of different types of enemies. Yeah, and I... I... I really like this game thematically. It's so fucking good. I, and I don't want to talk DLC? about any details. No, I didn't. Oh, you really need to. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> talk about any details just because it's, it's, so, it's good. so Yeah, it's just so good the way that the way it builds up 
And Why won't they release this game on PC? Uh, uh, if you know, if if there was an if there was an election this November where I could vote for Bloodborne to come <laughs> to PC, then I would actually go to the polling place. I heard Trump said he would do it. Oh shit! I also heard uh, that if Trump is elected, he'll make sure that Red Dead Redemption comes out on uh, PC. It's a, but he'll have the Russians program it. So, so because there are <laughs> oh, yeah. two Different games kind of involved here, I can yeah, say yeah, I'm not a one-issue voter. Yeah, but I, I, I think I'm actually at this point, like, probably going to retire from the Souls games because it's so stressful. Yeah. Like it, I mean, it's definitely worth, like, taking a break if you're feeling... Yeah. Fun. Well, I was, I was taking a break while playing Bloodborne is why it took me three months to finish it. <laughs> like, it... I had to, you know, I had to work up the nerve to come back to it every couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, and I enjoy it while it's happening, but it's also, like, just way more, like, intense and um, uh, fear-causing. Fear There's a specific kind of fear I'm talking about that I can't remember the word for. Just, like anticipation of bad things happening hmm. than any actual like any overt horror game I've played the, 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 the Dark Souls actually did pretty well as well um, we're eventually going to do Dark Souls in an assignment though so I'll, I, well that one I can do because I already like I, and I could replay Bloodborne too um, Bloodborne 2? yeah exactly <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a sequel to Dark Souls um, I could replay Bloodborne as well uh, because I already like, I already know everything about it, or not everything, but like enough to feel somewhat comfortable going back to it, um, and I could do that with Dark Souls. Um, but like, and this, and part of the fun of of these games is going into new areas and being scared of them and anticipating like what might be there and just fear of the unknown. Um, and it's just, I have to really. I have to really work at it to play these games, even though I like that aspect of it in the same way that like everybody else who likes these games likes that aspect of it. Do you make it all spooky for yourself? Like, do you play at night with the lights off? No, (laughs) deliberately not. Okay. (laughs) So you only play it in a sun dappled meadow. (laughs) I mean, I guess I use blackout curtains just because otherwise I couldn't see the screen, but it's not like dark in the room. I played a bunch of Vive games. Is oh. it Vive? Is that the one mm-hmm. we have here? I don't know. It doesn't say Vive anywhere. It just said Steam VR. How Why is it? is it Vive? How does it? How do you? How does somebody know that that's Vive? Like, what does the word Vive mean? Virtual interactive video entertainment. But I'm saying, is that a product? That, do you go to the store and say, "I would like Vive, please"? Yeah, it's the HTC Vive. Okay, is the name of the product, and that's the one that's integrated with Steam in a specific way or is that yeah because valve valve and htc made the made the hardware but it isn't steam branded the way that a lot of their other hardware is okay i'm asking oh i don't know i i've not i have not done any of the like purchase or setup yeah. of any of like i don't know what I, like i don't know if this is a thing that you can buy or if this is I like some either. weird prototype kit that the studio got um the oculus is out i don't know if the vive is and like I don't know, I don't think it's a wide commercial release. If it is, the but. Oculus is out. The gear is here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's another? What's the name of another VR? The Virtual the, Boy. The Juice is loose. <laughs> is there one called the Juice? The, no. the R Zone. 
I mean, yes, and uh, it's made by uh, Google Cardboard Tropicana out of, out of the box. <laughs> the, the Tropicana Juice Tropicana, VR platform. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I played a little bit of Job Simulator, and that was fun, and it's very charming and funny and cute. And uh, you fry an egg. Yeah. Well, no, because I mean, it's a fried egg as soon as you crack the eggshell. <laughs> right. So it's. Uh, I burned some bacon. I kind of wanted there to be more responses to the things that I was doing in a lot of cases. Like, I just like, you know, pour some wine into the toaster and just nothing happens. Oh. It's like, yeah. I would have liked to see some sparks there. I would have liked for there to have been something that generated a burning wine smell. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's how VR works. I played a game called Audio Block, which was... Uh, it's like a rhythm game where the gameplay did not match up to the song in any way that I could identify. It's oh, like an audio surf. Having shields on your arms, like the controllers represent shields. Oh, this actually is it's Audio Shield by the developer of Audio Surf. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why it doesn't actually have anything to do with the song, because it's procedurally generated listening to the audio. Well, it acted like there were songs that came with it and then you could also have it listen to your own audio and it seems yeah, like but, the songs that came with it they would they don't they just you put it feed it through the same algorithm that is terrible like why would someone make that people really liked audio surf and i don't know why like i like the entire point of a rhythm game is that the gameplay is related to the music otherwise it's yeah, uh, uh, like just the, not Kevin, I, you, don't look at me. I don't. You didn't like I Audio have, Surf either. You I have haven't played it. anybody anybody want to come it. to the defense of these games? Huh. I don't well, know. I don't know anything about it. I like this is Audio Surf was hugely popular, so like <clears throat> there are people who would be able to explain what they liked about it, but they're not in this room or yeah. in the room Riff is in either. Probably Riff. Did you check? Check that. Check for audio surf fans. Yeah, is there any audio surf fan in your room? What about the what? ghost of Gary Butterfield? Is the ghost of Gary Butterfield a guy who likes audio surf? Yeah, but he's not dead. I, do you know what a ghost is? <laughs> do, do ghosts have to be of dead people? <laughs> I thought that like anytime you had an image which was slightly blurry on the sides, it was a ghost. I mean, a ghost in the like, the like racing game sense, where there's just. Oh. A, there's just a sort of a transparent version of Gary doing everything, everything that recording. Gary did yeah. two years oh, ago. Recording okay. a podcast. So, yeah, just watch him. Watch that ghost and see if it plays the ghost of Audio Surf and then see that if it smiles or frowns him. while doing It'd so. It'd be like walking through this one bookcase all the time because he didn't have one there. And, oh, that'd be weird. Unless he's in the same place spatially, which means, you know, tens of thousands of miles closer to the center of the universe. Right. Oh, right. Maybe that does happen, and we just don't know. Oh, I forgot. I watched uh, the short, the animated short The World of Tomorrow by Don Hertzfeld, which I don't know how old that is, but it just popped up on my Netflix as a thing that you could watch, and mm. it's pretty good. Yeah, I liked that one, too. Cool. How long is that? 15 minutes. Oh, well, it is it not. It is not funny as much as it is sad did you find rejected funny or sad? yes oh i thought rejected was very very funny okay um in a way that i would bother me if 
I was exposed to it now, I think like it's a little too like random word, but I was at the right time for that and comedy was at the right time for yeah. that. Bacon. Um, yeah. There you go. So you're good at this. The most random word is bacon. Studies have studies have shown. I don't think that's true anymore. I played a game called Space Pirate Simulator. Uh, Pirate is the other most random word. On a platform next bacon to a spaceship, yep. and you have your. Um, this was like my first actual VR experience. Like this, like the, the first time I had ever like. Okay, I'm in a room where I'm the only one in this room. I, this is not like a demo that I waited in line for. We just have this thing here. There's nobody playing it, so I'm gonna go play it. What's a game? Uh, Space Pirate Simulator. That seems cool. And like my first experience was like having the world coalesce around me and looking down and the controllers in my hand were just replaced with these like sick laser guns. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I kind of understand the promise of this in a way that I didn't before. Now that I'm like holding sick fucking laser pistols and swinging them around and shooting at stuff. The game is like five times harder than I would like it to be. Like it's it's sort of a wave based shooter that I was occasionally able to get past wave one. Like I is really hard. Um, either that or I'm just really bad at it. Something that I did not experience was. Th- the room scale VR being room scale in any meaningful way. All of the games that I played on it involved just standing still. Mm, right. You can walk around Job Simulator if you want. But you don't need to. Like, you can reach everything without well, moving. Yeah, which, I mean, can. I think is it like a design choice, but also, like, there's a cable dragging behind you. It seems sure. like a real mess. Plus, they don't actually. I, it's like you have to, you have to accommodate for up or I guess down yeah, to room sizes, yeah, the yeah. smallest possible room. So, Yeah, I've seen games will just, they know what space size of space you're in, and they'll construct a virtual space around you that size. Um, a lot of games will have you, like, you'll have a teleport ability, and that's mm-hmm. how you get around. Yeah. Because walking around is, like, kind of nausea-inducing. Well, you if you are moving, if you're moving if like you're, where the control, if you're accelerating is. in yeah. the game but not in real life, then yeah, a lot, a lot of people will get a bad reaction from that. But teleporting is fine because it's instantaneous. It's, there's no acceleration. I did find myself constantly having to adjust the headset because it would just get out of focus because of a like as it slipped or my glasses moved around, mm-hmm. it would just the quality would get worse, and so I kept having to like put down the controllers in order to adjust my headset with both hands and I kept trying to put them on surfaces that weren't real <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, but that were in the game uh, that makes sense that's um, awesome I forgot that the controllers have wrist straps on them which I should have just done because then I could have just dropped them and they didn't have wrist straps in the game though well they were just giant floppy clown hands in the game so no they didn't have wrist straps <laughs> so um Job Simulator's fun. I think that was all I played. I did some... the. There was something where you're just standing in the ocean. That was the Sony VR. No. Oh, it was, this one. was a thing... I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the shark attacking yeah. the tank that you're in thing. This was not that. This was... Th- this was the thing that people talked about being really impressive 
in early demos of this where there's like a whale that swims uh, over you. But I didn't do that when I did reef migration instead of whale encounter. And it was just like really boring. Okay. Should have done the whale. I should have done the whale, I guess. I found that after about 20 minutes, like, my neck and face... 20 minutes of reef migration? Really hurt. Yeah. No, it was 20 minutes of Job Simulator. Job Simulator was the only one that I, like, wanted to keep playing and actually, like, achieve the goals that it was presenting to me. Um, Why wasn't it called Reefer Madness? Oh, Uh, man. That'd be pretty good. Uh, Yeah, they should just have, like, a... Like a vape peripheral for the VR that can just, like, give you drugs that will make you feel however your character is supposed to feel in the game. Just a tube goes into your nose like in a still suit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, except there's just, like, dank, dank THC vape going in there all the time (laughs) that you're playing. And when you exhale, it collects it along with urine and feces and puts it in a pouch. Oh, sure. That's, where, that's how you get the bomb water. the game needs you to smell urine and feces later. Yeah. But he says feces, not fe- feces. Feces? <laughs> yeah. Reese's feces. Urine well, and feces whoa. is what... Uh, still delicious. No, it's not Stilgar. It's uh, Liet Kynes that is explaining the operation of the still suit. The emperor's ecologist played by... Danny DeVito. No. Uh, the guy who was also in the most recent Star Wars movie... Fuck. Oh, the Emperor was Jose Ferrer. Maybe that's... Jose Canseco. No, wait. Jose, Jose Ferrer Cuerve. Jose Ferrer is the guy in... Ferrer Roche? Miguel Ferrer is the guy who was uh, <clears throat> the henchman of Randall Flagg in the Stand miniseries, and I think he was one of the bad guys in Robocop. Was he in Twin Peaks, too? I don't know. Jose Ferrer died in 1992, so he was definitely not in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, just going to search for Liet Kynes. He was played by Max von Sydow, is who I'm thinking oh. of. Um, <clears throat> I think I saw Dune as a kid, and then I saw that Max von Sydow was in Dune, and I thought, that's got to be the guy that plays the Emperor, because that just seems like a guy who would be named Max von Sydow. Uh-huh. And if, there was a, if you had a guy named Max von Sydow, it seems like that's what he would look like. You name a kid Max von Sydow, you think they're they're going to grow up into be to be the emperor? Mm, yeah, the emperor of the entire universe. Yeah, what do they call him? The emperor of known space. That's a very accurate title. Uh, <clears throat> I also I played um this random game. I was looking for recommendations online for what games to play of the Mystic Western game jam that came out of the finished a few weeks ago. Um, and I, I kept going, not realizing that this article had stopped being that. Uh, Miguel Ferrer was in Twin Peaks. He was uh, Albert Rosenfeld. Oh yeah, who's Albert Ro- Rosenfeld? The, He's the one of the 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 guy who the FBI agent. Yeah, who, like the mean like pathologist the, guy. The scientist guy who's like a dick oh, right. to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The like no nonsense dude who eventually gets his comeuppance in the form of a face punch, <laughs> right, or something. Yeah, good old Miguel Ferrer. What is the name of that character in... He's like the the sort of audience surrogate on the bad guy side in the stand. Lloyd. Lloyd something. He's like a... 
not like he's a monster, but he's not, he's like quasi relatable mm-hmm. as a character. He's not like just crazy like the Trash Can Man or just like I remember this, purely are evil. Are you talking about like a, a movie adaptation of The Stand? Also in the book, though. Yeah, I don't. Re- I remember the character from the book, but I don't remember the name of him. Characters in The Stand. <laughs> this is, this is going to go great. Yep, Lloyd Henreid is his name. Henreid. Yeah, so was Lloyd. I don't know. I'm probably misremembering something from the book, and the guy is way more of a monster than I think. But there's also, uh, who's the, there's like the kid or whatever, the the sort of like crazy greaser dude who's just going around shooting everybody. Oh, yeah. He's like 19, 1950s style super villain. <laughs> anyway, guy's the stand. It's good. It's a good book. I don't know if I don't. Know, I wonder if the miniseries holds up. Yeah, I always kind of, of fall years. off of the book, like around about the time all the good guys get to the farm. But everything up to there is always pretty good. Anyway, the game that I played that I thought was part of the Mystic Western game jam, but wasn't, is called There You Go. It's this sort of voxel puzzle game. It's very short. Um, it's like you go through a series of like seven or eight rooms where you just have to figure out how to get the door unlocked and you can uh, it's maybe isometric maybe the thing that everybody says is isometric that but isn't but it's like you're looking at it you're looking at these rooms at a 45 degree angle uh, on the horizontal and you have hotkeys that rotate them so a lot of times what the puzzle is is like see something that from a specific angle or touch something from a specific angle but it the thing that struck me as remarkable about it is it is the kind of game that you would have seen on Congregate or Jay's Games or something. Just like a little, you know, you play for 10 minutes and you're done with it. And it was just a kind of little experimental thing that one person made. But in the age where Flash isn't a thing, I hadn't really found a lot of that kind of thing because there aren't really repositories for it except that it seems like maybe itch is becoming a repository for that kind of thing and the nice thing about it is that i gave the guy a dollar yeah like and it was like a real dollar it wasn't like creds or whatever like it was just (laughs) yeah bitcoins yeah euros (laughs) um and then I did play some of the Mystic Western game jam jam games, and I, huh, I had them up on a screen. I played one called uh, "Through the Valley of the Starbound Drifters," which was one of the one of the recommended ones. It is, you're just like this sort of stylized cowboy dude walking through a stylized kind of cell shaded desert. It was very very reminiscent of the of uh, Wind Waker. In the way that it looked, you're you're sort of walking towards this big monolith, and there's kind of a skull-headed demon guy that stops and talks to you every once in a while, and then there's these other skull-headed guys that you just have to kill. And it isn't hard, and I don't know if there's really anything hidden in it or whatever, but it was fun as a just like walk through a desert and then occasionally shoot some guys, and then you eventually get to this big monolith. Um, I played a game called. Luminous Cactus, which... Sounds familiar. I did not have the sound turned up very high, 
So I honestly don't know if the VO in this game was nonsense or just really heavily accented English or a language that I don't speak or if it <laughs> moved if it migrated back and forth between those things. Uh, it was also just voxels. Like somebody must have released a really easy to use voxel library in Unity <laughs> recently. Um, I mean, I think what People are just using a, uh, a voxel-like editor and then exporting 3D models. Yeah. Uh, that's like what all the games that follow in the steps of footsteps of Crossy Road have been doing. Mm, okay. Yeah, like, unless, I mean, I guess... Unless it was actually doing, like, destructible terrain or something that voxels do well. In this case, it was not, I don't think. Um, it was just a bunch of little sort of scenes, just a bunch of dioramas, and then there would be a there'd be a few things that you could click on, and the little cowboy would walk up to them and interact with them, and they would say something or something funny would happen, and then at the end there's a kind of a puzzle, and then it ends, and but you know it's cool, and then uh, a game that was made by uh, Philip Awar, who is on the Creighton Crowbar podcast now, called Independence Missouri, which is. It's a bunch of, like, square islands of terrain floating in space, and each of them is sort of littered with dialogue boxes and screenshots from Oregon Trail, sort of telling... It's like you played Oregon Trail, and you took a bunch of screenshots of, like, pivotal moments where things happened, and then she distributed those things on these islands that you would sort of slowly move between uh, like a node graph. And it was just kind of about exploring this maze that represented the possibility space of a game of Oregon trail. It was really nice. Really? Like, yeah, I did. The description doesn't make it sound very compelling. I know. And, and like seeing it, initially in the moment and thinking oh is this what this game is didn't make me think that I would then continue to play it and just exhaustively explore it but it all of the things that are sparse and sort of slow about it actually ended up being kind of a nice part Hmm. of the experience like it's I guess it's tricky to recommend I mean like I think you gotta kind of it's it's the kind of thing that I could see people who like a lot of the things that I like really not liking, and it's the kind of thing that I could have imagined myself having a much more negative feeling about. But um, I don't think that I played anything else in this jam. I There were a bunch of games that you could play in the browser, but it was kind of cumbersome. Like, you had to click three or four times through the site to get to each of them, so I just didn't do it. That and yet sounds, somehow I, that sounds really ridiculous. I, I know, <laughs> and somehow somehow I would go buy some of the games on itch, right? To, like when I so, bleh, you know, <laughs> Mystic Western game. Did you play anything, Kevin? I not really. No, nothing. Nothing of note. I've played a bunch of Indiecade games, but I forgot to write down whether or not I can talk about them. So, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we continue to play a bunch of Factory Idol. Oh, yeah. I've been enjoying that quite a bit, actually. I actually, I was not able to get the assignment to work. It kept crashing when I tried to open it, so I played Factory Idol instead, because Kevin mentioned that in in Slack as a similar thing that he preferred. So, so you got when we talk about Big Pharma, you should just talk about your experiences with Factory Idol. We'll try to... Yeah. We'll yeah. just do it independent. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll switch back and forth. Okay. 
Are you? Uh, are you? Let's not actually do this. Secret like <laughs> gaming us and trying to see how many episodes in a row you can go without actually playing the assignment. <laughs> are you like pocketing the money for assignments <laughs> and using it to buy drugs? That's that's kind of like playing big fun. That is, yeah. Mm. Man, I didn't even think of that. I should have just gone gone down the street to the local dispensary. I like Factory Idol in the sense that every day when I sit down at work, I have enough money to, like, change the game state to the point where I can re-optimize everything and then leave it sitting for another day. That definitely seems pretty cool, because I was getting to the point where... I don't know, everything's kind of jammed together and not looking very good and different wrong amounts of things are coming out of the different machines and not in quantities that I can easily recombine correctly. And it's like, well, I'll leave this for a couple hours and come back to millions of dollars and you can just buy the upgrades you need to make everything work right again. It's pretty good. I mean... Even despite not giving him $20 and getting the game to run twice as fast, Kevin is outperforming me by a factor of <laughs> many. Oh, I'm not surprised. Uh, just by being way better at the game than I am, but I'm having fun with it. I think it's just yeah. a, a matter of priorities. Uh, you have to you have to determine when to switch basically your whole thing over from money-making to yeah, science yeah. and vice versa, which isn't fun because you basically just have to redo everything. I thought you were saying it was a matter of priorities in the sense of me spending less of my work day <laughs> oh, yeah. dicking with my factory than you. But So there's no, like, blueprint system? No. No, I wish. That would of. be nice. Yeah. Is, there, that, is there any way that I haven't found later, I think. to rotate a piece? Nope. No. Crap. That's part of, that's that's part of the, the gameplay. Game uh, hmm. The, and the spaces that you get, especially early in the game, are all weirdly oh, shaped, yeah. shaped to really make it awful. so you have to engage with it. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would well, be awful it's the game. It know? would just yeah, be yeah, a yeah. different kind of... It, like, it's, I it's, like trying to build a, a setup to produce a certain thing and sell a certain thing in the smallest possible rectangle. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting challenge for me. And sometimes it's like, well, here's a building where I can just do 12 of those in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But you just can't always do that. Yeah. And that's... I mean, better I, than I, if you could. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. It just kind of makes me sad how messy some of my machines look. It just gets, it gets worse, too, as you get more complicated technologies. So this game is a lot like Big Pharma, our assignment. Yeah. Um, Big Pharma is what I said I wanted out of Factory Idol, yeah. which was these mechanics where it's like, well, this is a supply of a certain chemical that has certain properties, and here are a bunch of machines that do a bunch of things to that chemical, and then here's the thing that will turn it into a pill so that you can feed it out another wall of your factory and sell it, and make money to build more factories, to build more machines, to make more pills, to sell, to make more money. Um, I had said... Of Factory Idol, I wish that it were smaller in scope and had goals for you to achieve. And Big Pharma is just that in a nutshell. But man, is the like normal game of Big Pharma like four times as complicated as I would like it to be. I found myself having to constantly switch between tabs to and be it's like, okay, so I, slow. All right, I want to make this drug. Okay, what do I need to make it? I'd go switch to the like recipes tab. Okay. 
all right, uh, this doesn't actually tell me what ingredient I need. So then I'd have to go to the ingredient, like to the uh. like ingredients tab, and be like, okay. and the like nice fancy transition between those tabs becomes like infuriating yeah. when you keep having to do it. I just was like, I was pouring over the options menu looking for just fucking instantly switch between tabs. How is that not like, how did the people who made this game not go nuts, not yeah. go nuts. Actually like having, they probably have a cheap having the recipes on different screen from the ingredients and so on. That just sounds just infuriating. awful. That sounds like I mean, the, the game worst looks thing. really nice. And I could definitely imagine a way that would be easier to play as an experienced player, but would look like shit. And I wish I had the option to toggle to that yeah. view. The uh, isometric view doesn't do anything, really. Like, it should just be... ASCII. Yeah, it should just be, like, characters. <laughs> like, you just kind of want... Yeah, I do find it much easier to plan out machines in Factory Idol, which is just on a square grid. From above. Even though it's similar in the, it, the the problems you're solving are similar although yeah. in big pharma machines will have a shape and then also have like specific inputs and specific outputs and timing situations too Ooh, like some things yeah. take two turns to process and some take a one and i got like i played through almost all of the scenarios in the like beginner tier and like you know got generally like the bronze medal that was needed to complete it and sometimes the silver secondary goal on some of them and then i went to play the intermediate one and it was like wow fuck this like this is so so complicated beyond what like what i only played through the beginner stuff so i don't what what is the intermediate level in the intermediate level stuff it introduces the concept of patents which is if you are making a drug, you can spend a bunch of money to make it so no one else can sell that drug. And your competitors can also do that to you. So you'll set up a factory line, and if you're making something and relying on it and you don't spend the money to patent it, somebody else will patent it, and then your lines will just shut down because they'll be unable to sell the thing. Wow. That doesn't sound fun in the least. Nope. Uh, Like, it, it it unlocks a bunch of new technologies, which... I think that the full tech tree is probably insane because this is just like th- this is still two steps down from the full tree. Wow. I think. Okay. But man, I I didn't even like having to pay attention to the like world events about what kind of diseases were going around and stuff. Like I would really have just enjoyed just the basics of it. Just figuring out how to efficiently make these machines and stuff and not like oh, I need to switch focus because something about the world has changed yeah, and this sounds... this drug isn't as profitable as it used to be. And man, do the higher difficulty levels just ramp that shit up. And all of a sudden, all your machines are bullshit and you have to start over. That sounds terrible. Is there like a sandbox mode? There is. Yeah, there is. Okay. And I assume that in that, you can like pick how many competitors you have, which I would like to say zero. zero. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wasn't really interested in any of the market stuff. I was, I was more interested in like experimenting with machine designs and stuff but yeah. it was really expensive to put things down and and then be like uh, I didn't actually like this configuration and I want well, I mean you can move machines you, instead of selling them Yeah but, but like if you if you, if you end build up the doing wrong machines the the three machines to reduce the 
concentration, and then you're like, oh, I probably should have just used one of the. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, ah, God. And then, so I had like this whole warehouse of like crappy old machines. Warehouse. That use. That- moving, yeah, moving all the pe- pieces around to find uh, even a good layout is the interface for it is infuriating in this game. Yeah. yeah. And you're losing money on the on especially the belts. like especially when you like yeah pay money to move a piece around yeah yeah that's uh, that's something that I I felt was really good in Factor Idol as it looks like you get yeah. you get full you get all of your money, money back, back yeah. for selling a thing yeah yeah I, and I, I I don't know I I spent a lot of time in this game like redesigning my factory based on like what I thought I needed to do to create a drug. And then realizing I, that's not that's not the process, and so like to play it successfully, I would have had to like like mentally or, or on paper go through the steps of like first this has to happen, then this right. has to happen, and verify that, and then probably what I would want to do is get out some graph paper to lay out the uh, machines uh, before actually putting it out yeah. on the factory floor, just it, because the interface for it is so tedious, fiddly, yeah. Just the tabbing back and forth constantly just to look at stuff. That is the, that's the thing that was like, ugh. That sounds yeah. unforgivable. I just, I, I regularly just needed a single piece of information from a screen and then I'd have to tab over there and then tab back and think about it for a second. And then I'd tab over to my factory and then I'd be like, ah, fuck, what was the threshold that I needed again? And then I'd have to tab back again and like... If I could have played this, so a version of this game where you play it on three monitors, mm-hmm. you've got oh, yeah. you've got the production line on one monitor, the the cures recipes thing yeah. on like the 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 ingredients on a second monitor, the cures information and the like exploring stuff tab right. on a fourth monitor, and then the company tab. All of those features excised from the game completely. Yeah, you hire somebody <laughs> to take care of that that's shit. That's a version of the game that I want. I mean, I had a bunch of fun playing the baby modes. I like of the tutorial. This game and trying to like, tr- like imagining how I might achieve the gold medal for earnings in that first scenario is like I like that there's a difficult goal in the easy mode so, so you can go back to it. of the game i mean i'm i'm tempted to like if i if i decide to play some more of this which i kind of i feel like i might when i'm you know got some downtime i think what i would try to do next is yeah just try to get better scores on the beginner modes because i don't want to engage with a system where there are antagonists right Unless they're like uh, histamine antagonists in my cold <laughs> medicine that I'm. But the, like that's the the whole notion of competitors is frustrating because like you can find a drug that sells well and you can double production of that and double profits unless your competitor also makes a drug that does that and then that immediately cuts into your market share and like it's just that whole stuff gets really frustrating because you'll have invested a lot of time and energy and making a particular setup. I, you know, it's probably very realistic or something, but I mean, I'm sure it's the right kind of game for some, like I feel like it's the right kind of game for somebody who plays civilization and doesn't just ignore the military, right. <laughs> but that isn't me. So civilization is a game that I probably would not play 
in my modern life because like it required just so much time to micromanage the idea of like sitting down and playing a 20 hour game of that isn't appealing anymore something that i thought of that i i don't think it was about this game i think it was actually about a different game but it's also true in this game i wish that you couldn't pause this because mm. the fact that wow. you can pause means that in order to play optimally, you should be paused a lot of the time yeah. when you're like laying out your factory and stuff. Like, and I just don't want to feel dumb for not doing it. Would you? And still I have don't want to have to remember. Forward? To do it. Yeah, I think fast forward is fine because I mean, the way that I would like to play this is I have a goal to achieve in a certain time frame, and the way that I do that is by set this up and then fast forward until it makes some money, and then I use that money to set something else up, and then fast forward until that makes enough money, and not have to like, oh no, my the knees got th- th- what I was doing got cut off at the knees by some, you know, like a picture of a guy in a suit who apparently made the same drug and then patented it, so I have to start over. And hope that that doesn't happen at a time when my cash reserves are low. So it's right. like, no, you got to keep your cash reserves really high all the time in case you need to build a whole new production line because, you know. I think what this game really needs is FDA testing. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing for our next assignment, Kevin? Our next assignment is going to be DEX, D-E-X. It is apparently some sort of cross between Metroid and Deus Ex. I, that sounds like a game that you'll like a great deal. I think so. <laughs> and then maybe I will too. What's the art style like? Is it like... I don't know. It's... Um, side, side-scrolling side Yeah, it's side-scrolly. It's not Oh, what genre is it? Looking, but it's... I don't know. Cyber? Spritey? Cyber sprites? Is it, is it a sprightly game? Yeah, it's it's not like pixel art. It's, it's, this it's this is the best guy. We should just not play it and just have half an just hour guess. of this just just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. the next episode. Well, that next seems guesses. like it's probably Riff's plan. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, Riff, this game is available on... Yeah, no, I looked. It, it, OS it, it, should, it should run on my system and everything. And I, and well, I but what if when you start playing it, so... you look down and realize you have a hangnail and you have to quit <laughs> and watch a Let's Play of a different game instead? You have to watch a Let's Play of somebody cutting, cutting their fingernails <laughs> on a using a piano <laughs> right. oh that sounds uh, tricky oh, i'm recording this video series where i use every set of fingernail clippers in the world <laughs> and, including this one that's a piano uh watching the mexican runner play funny valentine for the next 12 hours sounds amazing actually boy no <laughs> i mean it's well you don't like fast forwarding through it was fine but <laughs> I don't like Europeans <laughs> or Mexicans. I love Mexicans. Some of my best friends are Mexicans. It's actually true. Oh, yeah. What? Why would I lie about that? Because <laughs> it's funny. Because it's yeah. a joke. Okay. Anyway, uh, boy, guys, it's been a real treat uh, doing this episode two fifty one. Two fifty one. Yep. The temperature Ooh. at which books are Melt. warm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I hope we do it again real soon. And uh, and uh, and I hope that I hope that you guys are all uh, all willing to join me when we do that. <laughs> and listeners, I hope that uh, you come back too. And uh, sounds like a good time. I don't remember how to end the show. That's oh, you think our, you think the Patreon backers? I thank them at the yep. beginning this time. Yep. Oh, weird. Pa- uh, 
th- let's let's give some shout outs to some specific uh, Patreon backers. Uh, thank Floozies. you to Tan Tandori uh, o- Oratorio Tangrum Jefferson <laughs> Jeff Jefferson Pang Pangolin Barnsworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Woodrow Smallpox. Pank Pank Waterly. Up Upshot Ashworth. Tele- telephone Sandwich. T- time Cube Vivo. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs> I said we're in a submarine. Okay. <laughs> I know you can't hear me because of the roar of the <laughs> propellers. Uh, Jim, do you want to check your levels? Uh, how, how am I? How am I doing?